0: This episode of The Truth in Us Art was brought to you by the generous support of the Gutierrez Memorial Fund. Learn more about their mission and their story at Gutierrez Also, this season of The Truth in Us Art is supported by the Robert W. Deutsch Foundation. Learn more about their mission and their story at rwdfoundation.org. This episode of The Truth in Us Art was brought to you by the generous support of the Gutierrez Memorial Fund. Learn more about their mission and their story at Gutierrez Also, this season of The Truth in Us Art is supported by the Robert W. Deutsch Foundation. Learn more about their mission and their story at rwdfoundation.org. What's shaking cats and kittens? Rob Lee here with a, a special message. So from January 17th through January 21st, 2022, there will be a special contest, a partnership, if you will, with the fine folks over there at sophomore coffee and the truth in his heart. The contest will be head over there to sophomore, buy your favorite drink. Take a picture of that drink, tag me in that picture, and that'll enter you into a contest to get a bag of their delicious beans and a truth in this art t-shirt. So you get a win-win. You get something from Rob Lee, you get something from the fine folks at sophomore, and you get to try a great drink. And on January 20th, now here's the thing, January 20th, head on over to sophomore and ask for the Rob Lee it will be on the menu. It will be a special for that day to commemorate your boy's birthday. So head on over to sophomore and that's 2023 Maryland Avenue in Baltimore. Welcome to getting to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And my next guest is the president and general manager of WIPR in Baltimore. And is the chair of the
1: NPR board, please welcome LaFontaine E. Oliver. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a uh, pleasure to spend some time talking with you today. Uh, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. And I mean that, honestly. You know? <laughs> um, so
0: I've I've been reading over your, your bio information for like the last couple of weeks so like a nerd. Um, but I wanted you to I want to invite you to give those like vital stats. Um, Tell the fine folks about your work and what your, your work is ultimately about.
1: Wow. So uh, I'm actually a, just a career radio guy. Um, my dad worked in radio and strangely enough, my father's biological father, who he didn't know, we later found he had a stint uh, doing some radio. So it's kind of in my blood. And I've, I've been fortunate enough in my career to do everything from uh, AM and FM commercial uh, radio to I had a stint uh, in satellite radio, um, public radio. Um, I even had a, a, a stint, um, uh, doing some work in, in television as well. And so, um, sort of media and, and connecting with audiences sort of, sort of runs through my, my blood and, and it's, has taken me, um, just, just lots of places. I've been very fortunate, um, everything from, you know, a handful of different music formats to, um, news and information and, um, um, yeah. So I, I, I love it. And, and I I don't know that I could see myself doing, doing anything else. I love to hear it. I lo- I love to hear
0: it, uh, as an audiophile and a, a fan of like folks talking on the radio and delivering like news and, and, and things of that sort. Uh, like I said, this is, this is totally a treat for me. And one of the reasons why I got into podcasting, I've been doing this for about 13 years and more to come on that later. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I read that you returned to Baltimore in 2019, and uh, this comes in the fourth quarter of um, the Trump's uh, administration, where we were bestowed with the erroneous term of like fake news and journalism, I felt took a hit. Baltimore's news coverage, from my vantage point, is like tragedy porn followed by sports. Uh, And I appreciate your comments on listeners appreciating like intelligent, insightful approaches to news and a discussion of the issues. Since you returned to Baltimore, wh- what's the shift that you've seen in like journalism?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a, a really good and a, and a tough question, because in, in some ways it's been it's been more of the same um, because of, um, you know, kind of what. What many of us have been talking about is the 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 market failure that is local journalism and local news. Um, But there are also some some bright spots there. I mean, and that's, you know, across uh, across platforms, whether it be, you know, in radio or on television or, or in print or in digital. I mean, there are some folks here in Baltimore, uh, uh, that are doing some, some tremendous work and, and, and I shouldn't leave out an, in the podcast, um, you know, space. Um, and so it's, 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 it's a bit of a a mixed bag and that uh, some of it is, is kind of business as usual as you sort of laid out, um, um, and, 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 and maybe even further, deterioration uh given you know kind of what's happening not just in Baltimore but in co- and in communities across the country um as it relates to 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 local news and and, and journalism and 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 just uh, um the disinvestment that's happening uh in that and then the um the sort of repercussions to that, which is you know kind of the, the as what you mentioned the the, the monikers of, of of fake news and you know uh the spread of misinformation and disinformation and and the proliferation of of sort of uh content that is not well, uh, well sourced and fact checked and, you know, many of those those things. And so, again, I'll just say it's it's a mixed bag. Um, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So I will say uh, I think there's so much uh, good works happening in Baltimore in the local news and journalism space. Um, but we need more of it to combat um, the deterioration of, 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 of local news and journalism, because without it, you know, we don't know how to govern ourselves. We don't know who to, who to vote for. We don't know where to send our kids to school. And, 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 and in the instance of, of the health pandemic, I mean, you know, we, we don't know what to do, you know, as it relates to, to how we just stay safe. Yeah. Um, if we don't have access to good sound, um, reliable, um, uh, information. So,
0: so is that, and that actually segues into my next question uh, regarding like the daily dose. Was that like the response to that? Cause you know, one of the things that me from my vantage point, uh, I was just like looking at like, can we get something? Can we get like, look, I'm the president. Here's your, uh, we're going to come in with, with like a news thing like every hour we're going to preempt your show. Here's the latest and the greatest, as we know on this moving target, instead of waiting for the evening when you've been out or whatever. So, so say a little bit more about, about that. Was that a response to daily dose too? like the, the information about like health and COVID and all of that? Absolutely.
1: So, you know, I, um, I really see, um, the role of, not just public broadcasters, but broadcasters uh, uh in general um we're supposed to be there um, um you know for the 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 necessity uh and and uh, of of the public and and you know during times of of crisis and and I would say a health pandemic goes into that category um you know. We really need to 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 shift and figure out how we are serving communities and reaching them and making sure that they're getting the information that they need and while we were doing that on air, um I felt like um, producing a a daily podcast would be uh, another way to meet audiences um, where they are and get them the information uh, um in in a in a more sort of encapsulated way, um, especially when you considered once the stay-at-home orders went into place, lots of folks that were listening to the radio because they were commuting, they were no longer listening to the radio. Um, You know, radio and commuting goes together like peanut butter and jelly. It's like, if you don't have, you know, the commuting, um, you're not getting those turnstiles moving with people coming in morning drive and afternoon drive your station and listening. and so uh, part of the thinking was how do we meet people whether they're stuck at home, whether they're working, um, whether they're commuting, and how do we present the information life-saving information. <laughs> in a way that they can get it. It's easily digestible and they can take it with them and it's there for them every single day. I, I, I sort of use the, the phrase, you know, uh, shifting to, to this, this, uh, this role of being a, a first informer. Yeah. Um, and so that's exactly why we launched the daily dose. The idea was how can we, um, present something uh, to the people of Baltimore and maybe on a larger level, this, the state of the folks in the state of Maryland information on the state's response to this health pandemic. Um, and it, uh, it, it, it was wildly successful and, and I would not have predicted that almost two years later, we'd still be doing it, but it's um, it's, it's taught us how to build and, and flex some new muscles as it relates to doing a daily podcast, which we, you know, we'd never done, uh, as a station. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was absolutely out of, out of being there for in the convenience and the necessity of the community, um, with the information that, uh, we were going to all need to make sense of, you know, what was going on with COVID. So,
0: and, and thank you for that. Um, so in, in speaking, you know, almost piggybacking you know, on the, the notion of success, right? I read in 2020 that um WIPR's audience is some high ratings, some increases, um, demonstrating an appeal for the importance of WYPR's brand of public radio in Baltimore. So, so what is that brand for for those who are undepthed, uninitiated, and how does it fit within the Baltimore market?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think I think the answer to to what is that brand is that it's it's evolving. Um, as as I think um, all good brands should, especially when sort of faced with seismic changes in the in the market or in the industry, which I think we're seeing right now, um, one, because of you know the market failure in local news and journalism that we talked about, two, because of this just renaissance of audio that we find ourselves in, um, right now. And then some of the, the, the just changing, uh, underpinnings of, of our business models and everything else. So that, that brand is, it's really changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess to answer the question directly, I would say, um, the, the brand, um, is, is, is rooted in and, and sort of undergirded, by this this idea of of free, open, and universal access to well researched, um, um, nuanced, um, balanced, fair presentation of the news of the day of um, you know. Some of these sort of content verticals that where we can dig a little bit deeper Um, and then beyond that, um, uh, bringing diverse uh, perspectives in um, to help people understand their place um, in our community and uh, and in some ways in our world um, with everything that's going on. and 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 a lot of that is 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 sort of rooted in 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 what it means to be a local n p r uh member station where you know we sort of hold uh, uh um we hold a lot of those principles very close as it relates to to how we serve our audience now how that is you know sort of growing and and evolving and and expanding i would say is that brand i think um, is, is undergoing a bit of a refresh in that, um, you know, I am very much aware that, um, it, that there is, um, uh, uh, um, how do I want to say that, that, that there is, is a, 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 perception that, um, especially with the NPR news, um, um, that it is for a particular audience, mm-hmm. um, and I think part of the refresh is um, to sort of explode some of those myths and um, to do some of the hard work behind um, improving our content and, and 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 adding more content and 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 voices and perspectives, um, so that we can be public radio for um, for everyone. Yeah. Um and so. That's 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 a, a bit of why I say it's 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 sort of an an evolving brand because um you know I think we we have a, a vision for um for greater uh community service. And that only comes with um having uh, content that continues to uh push the envelope on reflecting the community that you want to serve. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I think that. Uh, here, I think in, in Baltimore in a lot of places, but I really speak about what's going on here is authenticity and that credibility thing is is very important. And I, I know when people don't see themselves represented in a way or people that they know represented in a way, they're less inclined to be like, oh yeah, I, I look at that as a reliable source. But you start seeing as you're, I think you're touching on with the, 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 re- the refresh and measures to refresh things. And it kind of kind of reaching and showing like what we're doing is indicative of the community that we're ultimately serving. Then that instills that confidence and that that buy in, if you will.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, now, this this one right here, I thought was kind of funny. Um, I read that you had a successful stint as the general manager at W.E.A.A. from 2007 to 2013. I graduated in 2007 from Morgan and I don't think we crossed paths, but tell me about the experience working in, in radio at HBCU.
1: Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um, I had the opportunity at WEAA to really spread my wings and experiment and, and do some things, um, that I think have, have helped shape the type of, um, leader, uh, me, uh, uh, media organization leader, and 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 sort of programmatic thinker that I am uh, now. Um, you know. WEAA of course is a, a, a station that has a, a storied uh history um and has meant a lot um to the community here in in Baltimore for quite a long time. And it was really an honor to 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 sit at the helm of that station for uh, I believe it was was six years, um and to uh uh continue to 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 just create powerful radio there. Everything from you know um Many of the the local new, uh, talk and public affairs shows that really get at the root of, you know, some of the local issues that are going on yeah. in the community, um, uh, some of the uh, the jazz programming, um, really being able to to sort of celebrate that um, uh, uh, that genre, um, many of the specialty shows that that um, you know. Uh, everything from, you know, Africa and world beat to Caribbean to gospel. Um, it's uh, it's just a rich tapestry of, uh, of, um, uh, public media broadcast content. Um, we even had the opportunity, um, while I was there, we launched a national show out of WEAA. So for a period of a couple of years, we, um, we, uh, produce and distributed, um, a uh, talk show with uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson, okay. um, uh, that uh ended up uh being run on about a dozen um stations across the country um uh, m- most of them on the campuses of other uh HBCUs um so i had a i had a great uh experience um running WEAA i i learned a lot and and was able to like i said really stretch my wings and and do some some creative things um and um it was an important part of of my career coming out of Commercial broadcasting um, to um, to really sort of bring some of the commercial sensibilities and some of the commercial competitiveness to the public media space um, in a way that um, I think helped um, helped push W E A A um, to um, to to come out of its comfort zone and and to uh, to reach uh, an even broader audience in Baltimore. Um, So,
0: yeah, I I, I think that's really great where there's the the opportunity to do it. And it's like almost having a a bit of a blank canvas in some ways. It's like, yeah, yeah, go do it. Someone's doing that. Cool. Yeah, make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so I think this goes back, this, this next question kind of goes back a little bit to what you were touching on earlier. And I'm, I'm saying this, this is not exactly what you were saying, but let's talk about assumptions and perception. There's an assumption that black people don't listen to public radio or there's a specific type of content that, that we're interested in more, more entertainment, less news. Uh, Um, share three illuminations you've learned, um, I'm sure there are several more, but three illuminations you've learned in your over 20 year broadcasting career about like diverse audiences.
1: Yeah. So I am glad you, you, you bring that up. Um, you know, um, I think that audiences of color do care about news and information um, I've learned that um, we all sort of um, we care about our communities. Um, we care about um, um, our own safety and our livelihoods. We care about uh, um, education and, and how our children are being reared. I mean, we we we, we are more uh, alike than we are different, I think. Um, and while I will uh, I will say that um, that uh, sometimes it takes um, time for people to sort of age into the demo of 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 uh, kind of public radio news and information. Um, uh, I find that, you know, many people that look like you and I um, consume and enjoy and rely on um, um you know, our brand of NPR news uh, and information. And so um, I don't know what specific examples um, I I, I would would come up with off the top of my head, but I would just say, you know, in in my career, um, even when I was in um, uh, commercial news, I mean, I cut my teeth, you know, at a radio one station, uh, you know, uh, Kathy Hughes's first Station uh, WOL in Washington, D.C., Um, you know, a a legacy, you know, African-American news and talk uh, station um, where, you know, that's all we did was we we were, you know, speaking directly to um, to the African-American community in the Washington, D.C. area um, on the issues of the day, the news of the day and and um, Um, and that was a very, very engaged audience. And so I think sometimes, um, we get caught up in, 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 in the packaging or the marketing or some of these other things. But, but at the end of the day, I think most of us care about, um, a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I think it's my job to figure out, um, how to package that in such a way that we reach the broadest audience that we possibly, um, can. I mean, that's why we call it public radio. It's for the public. It's for everybody. And and I want um, I want to be able to reach um, audiences um, wherever they 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 are. And and the beauty of it is um, I now no longer have to do that with sort of one terrestrial broadcast stream. I've got, you know, HD sub channels, I've got, you know, podcast, I've got video, I've got things we can do on the website and on social and on digital um, that can help me to sort of um, segment out and, and sort of um, uh, um, tailor content uh, a little bit um, more to sort of meet the unique needs of, of, of audiences. But um but no i mean i i, I think um uh in, increasingly um you know people of 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 color are are finding um and and um and um sticking with public radio um and so i i was happy to hear that you know you are also uh a, a bit of a, a public radio fan so
0: i am i am uh so i got I have two more questions before I get into rapid fire. And I purposely didn't send you any rapid fire questions because you you think that you were on like, you know, like you were just going off the top of the dome. But these ones are literally even more top of the dome. I was stalking Instagrams, uh, Twitters, all types of nonsense to come up with these questions. But the last two I'm going to hit you with are. So after reading your bio, I noticed the very impressive track record of being involved in improving several commercial satellite public uh, media initiatives. So, so tell us about the thinking that kind of goes into those different efforts. Uh I would imagine coming in. You you mentioned being a, a programmatic thinker, right? So coming in, maybe identifying like mm, this is an issue here, or this is something that could be tweaked. So, so tell me a little bit more about the thinking that goes into um, a, a new position or a new environment and ultimately it yielding the the success that it has?
1: Yeah, I, I think it starts, um, it starts with listening. Um, and I think that's one of the things that has helped me to be successful um, along the way is um, it's easy to sort of, um, sort of walk into a situation and think, okay, Hey, you know, it's, it's time for me to roll up my sleeves and start making changes and getting things done and putting my stamp on things. And, uh, sometimes you can come in and you can break things that, uh, that were working just fine before yeah. you got there. Um, and so I think for me, part of, and I, and I do have a bit of a, um, uh, call it a system. Um, and that system really sort of starts with, with active listening, not just listening, but active listening, um, because I really believe that um, in order to to have a positive impact, um, you have to first um, really sort of survey the landscape, um, whether it's internal with your staff, whether it's um, um, sort of looking up to to whether it's your board of directors or or the folks that own your license. Um, out into the community so that you understand, you know, sort of where's the where's the station or the organization been? Where is it right now? Before you can even start thinking about charting a course for where it's going in the future. So, you know, a, a big part of my process sort of starts with a listening tour. It starts with, okay. You know, who are all the people that I can talk to um, to get some insight into um, sort of those those questions about, you know, the past, the present so that we can then look um, uh, towards um, the future. Um, And that really sort of then sets the stage for how you then uh, synthesize what you get from that listening tour um, into Um, uh, building a plan for yourself and for your staff that will allow you um, to really get everybody moving in the same direction around some key initiatives. And you don't need a lot of them. I mean, typically, if you can do a really good job uh, at one or two things you can move the needle, yeah. um, and so figuring out what those things are, and then getting some some sort of broad agreement around them, and then and then getting the buy-in of of, of all of the stakeholders, your staff, your 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 board, or, or uh, your you know community stakeholders, um, to sort of move on those things. Um, those are two of the things that I think are really really important um, to my processes. Sort of that listening tour, and then synthesizing that information. And then building out a, a, a plan. Um, I'm 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 big on on plans, and some people sort of scoff at this you know idea of strategic plans. And maybe in in some ways they've gotten a bad name for good reasons because they end up sort of you know being this sort of thing that sits up on a shelf somewhere. But um, I've 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 been really successful at putting together strategic plans that are um, that are living, breathing. Scorecards of sorts that allow you to 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 continue to grow and evolve, um, and to 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 sort of keep yourself and your organization on track for success and for for building towards the future. So,
0: I, I love to hear that. I'm sitting there just like mentally consuming it like it's caramel or something. That's just is <laughs> ridiculous over here in my head. Uh, So, the last question that I had, as far as these main questions, because I can't let you let you off the hook when it comes to the rapid fire ones, but. Uh, so tell us your vision, ultimately, for, for public media in Baltimore and touch on the acquisition of WTMD 89.7, 89.7.
1: Yeah. So I'll start with the acquisition and say, you know, I feel really fortunate that we were in a position when um, Towson University was looking to to divest themselves, to get out of the business of, of owning a public radio station, that we were in a position to step in um, and to uh, to be able to uh, to take that over, because, um, you know, I think it's a tremendous station, a tremendous resource here in Baltimore. And uh, the last thing I wanted to see was um, for it to potentially, you know, uh, go away or become some other format or whatever. And so, um, I was just really happy that we were able to, uh, to work that deal. And we are still in the very early stages of sort of the, now the the implementation and bringing the two together, but, um, I'm excited about it. And, and I've been sort of saying, you know, my, my vision here is, you know, we are now in a position to serve not only the head, but the heart and the spirit. Um, because an appetite of just news and information um, that can be a tough uh, diet uh, um, uh, right now. And so to be able to now have that one 2 punch of having the NPR news and information station and then having an, an NPR affiliate Uh, affiliated AAA music discovery station. Mm -hmm. Um, again, that helps to serve the entire person, the whole person, um, I think is really, really good. And so my vision is to continue to, to, to grow both of those formats, uh, in such a way that, um, we are every single day finding more and more ways to be more relevant and more essential, and more aspects of the lives of more people here in Baltimore. And, and that could mean lots of things going forward um, as we think about some of our other future plans. But it, it, it really means. Um, spreading our brand of public media as far and wide as we can, um, and doing so in a way that's going to be impactful for uh, for the Baltimore community. Um, I think everybody wants to live in a community that knows how to celebrate and uplift um, local musicians and artists. Um, I think everybody wants to live in a community where they um, they have uh, reliable uh, sources of news uh, and information. Everybody wants to live in a community where. Um, Diverse perspectives are are not only welcomed, but but they're lifted up Um, where uh, uh, storytelling and perspectives and podcasting and all of these things. And so. Um, I think that's that's a bit of a, a glimpse into my vision and the future um, for uh, for your public radio, for what we're doing here now, um, sort of having both the NPR news station and the NPR AAA music uh, discovery station, uh, WTMB. And I would just say, you know, keep keep tuned. Uh, I think we've got um, we've got some other exciting things on the horizon that we're working on.
0: Love to hear it. The future is bright. (laughs) Uh, So now I'm going to get into the rabbit fire. Those are the end of like the real, like, I got to, I should have a tie on for this kind of question. So, so these rabbit fire questions, these are essentially, uh, you can answer them just, just straight answer, or you can provide any additional like context. If you really want to get into the context, you can, but really it's just, look, I said what I said. All right. (laughs) So uh, first question, what was your
1: first job? (laughs) <laughs> my, um, my first job and a lot of folks don't know this, um, was actually as an actor. Um, I'm a, a bit of a theater kid. And, uh, so, uh, I literally grew up in the theater. So my first job was actually as a paid performer. Wow.
0: Well, well, I'll, well, I'll be <laughs> yeah. I, with, with the, the success and all I've I touched on earlier, what is your golden rule to business?
1: Um, so I have a few of them, but I'm going to say my, my top one, um, I call them the banner basics, meaning beat them at the basics. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, 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 the glitz and the glam of all of this, the specialty stuff, there's a place for that, but there's something to be said about getting the basics Right. And getting them right consistently, like wow, folks with the basics, like deliver on the promise of whatever it say, whatever you uh, you say that you're going to deliver as a business, as an organization. Figure out what the basics are, and beat your competition at the basics. Be the best at those basics, and 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 by doing so, you will you will become uh, um, special. Um, you will set yourself apart by simply delivering on the basics.
0: Gems right there, gems. Got a couple more. This one has to do something I was researching on Twitter. I went a little further further back on this one. Uh favorite PBS programming as a kid. <laughs>
1: Wow. So, again, a tough one because I, I have a lot of them. And, and, I, and I think what you're probably alluding to is, is, is some stuff in, in my past as a performer. So I, I actually, you know, uh, uh, performed on some PBS shows. I, I even hosted a PBS show. And so one of my favorites was uh, was a program called Reading Between the Lines. Um, and I actually had a recurring role in that as a, as a childhood performer. But um, uh, um, not only did I, I love performing uh, uh, in the program, but it was, it was one of my favorite PBS shows to watch. Wonderful.
0: Uh, I've noticed you're an accessories guy. Socks or ties. Which one, which one do you got? Which one's your Oh, go-takes? ties. Ties all day, every day. Ties. All right. Last three. What is your most commonly used emoji?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm actually not a big user of emoji, but it's, it's probably this right here. The, the, the brown thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, uh, yeah, that's a whole personality type. Mine's is just like uh, being a prompt to black thumbs down. <laughs> it's just like, ah. I don't know. Um, what is one of your nicknames?
1: Huh? So yeah, I, I, I have a, I have a, 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 a bunch of nicknames, uh, actually, and I would say, for folks that uh, that that know me well, probably um LA or La is uh, is one of my nicknames, one of one of the the more common nicknames.
0: That's pretty crisp. Last one. Uh what was your last Google search?
1: Wow, what was my last <laughs> Google search? I oh. have I have no clue, <laughs> but um I do a lot of Google searching, and so <laughs> it was it was it was something earlier today for work, and I don't know. I'm trying to think what was that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I I I can't recall what it was, but it had something to do with radio. I'll tell you that.
0: It, 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 I, I was I always think about that question because I, I i recently started adding in these rapid fire questions and someone was like, oh, I Googled my sir, myself to see if I was actually famous yet. I was like, wow. No, okay, hey. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could all aspire. Uh so that's all that I have, but I want to invite you to tell the fine folks about the website um, and social media, just to kind of stay up on the happenings, because it's a lot coming. It's a lot that's happening. And the vision is um, it's, it's a living, breathing thing and it's it's in play. So can you uh, illuminate us on where to check out all of the happenings with what you're doing and what um, public radio?
1: Yeah. So, um, our, uh, websites, uh, W Y P R, uh, org, uh, W T M D, um, dot org. Uh, you can find, um, uh, both of the stations, uh, various, uh, social media accounts by just checking out those websites. Uh, you can check me, my, my social media, uh, my channel of choice is, is Twitter, so you can catch me there at uh, LaFontaine underscore O. I believe is is um, is uh, how you can you can get me there. And um, yeah, just um, you know, keep a keep a lookout. Um, we just launched a new sort of corporate website, yourpublic.org, dot um, which is the first time the the two uh, iconic brands. Uh, uh, WYPR and WTMD are, are featured for the first time side by side, and we'll be building that out with some information about uh, about our future. And um, just a quick plug: WYPR is going to be uh, celebrating its uh, 20th uh, anniversary next year, and so uh, we are working on some uh, exciting plans, activities, events, special programming. Um, Lots of cool stuff coming up. So uh, so be on, on the uh, the lookout for that. You can get more information coming up at, at uh, either WYPR.org or yourpublic.org. So thank you so much. This has
0: been everything I hoped it would be. Um, so I'm going to wrap up there. Um, so for for the great LaFontaine Oliver, I am Rob Lee saying that there is radio in and around your city. You just got to look for it.